Welcome to the Skift Podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trend lines. Why search for travel on one site when you can search a bunch all at once? That's the concept behind meta search companies, which take your query for a hotel in Paris, for example, and give you the chance to book it across multiple sites. We had the leaders of several meta search companies, including Trivago, Kayak, Momunda Group, and Skyscanner, as speakers recently at Skift Forum Europe in London. Each of those executives also sat down with me, editor and podcast host Hannah Sampson, behind the scenes in the Skift Take studio. They've all had newsy developments recently. Trivago went public late last year. Kayak parent company Priceline Group announced plans to buy Momundo Group earlier this year, and Chinese travel firm Ctrip acquired Skyscanner at the end of 2016 for more than $1.7 billion. The conversations were wide-ranging and touched on advertising strategies, competition in the meta-search space, evolving customer use, the emergence of natural language voice search, and how to get users to love the product. This mini-episode is one of several conversations we're bringing you from backstage at Skift Forum Europe. And first, we'll start with Johannes Thomas, Managing Director of Trivago. I feel like people know Trivago because (laughs) everyone knows the Trivago guy. And um, I do want to talk about that a little bit. But first, can you talk a little more broadly about your advertising strategy? what is what do you typically like spend on on advertising and why? Yeah, um, so uh, if we look back, actually on on TV mar- uh, marketing in general, we have a quite long history. We started um, with our first spots in two thousand and nine, um, uh, because we were ninety percent dependent on one marketing channel that was Google Organic, and and we said let's experiment with other channels. So we can figure out how we can grow faster and how we can um, how we can um, uh, how we can become less dependent on one channel, and that is where we uh, figured out by testing different channels. TV is working very well for us. So um, uh, what we have done, we've done small budget testing it in secondary channels, doing a cheap uh, spot, and uh, and it turned out to be uh, very good, uh, working very well. And today. Um, uh, we are doing that in, in more than 50 markets, uh, spending hundreds of millions on uh, on, on, on TV marketing wow. and uh, 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 and also performance marketing. I think what we do uh, in particular is that um, we are extremely analytical how we do TV marketing. So from the beginning, we have been extremely data driven how we do things because you could be easily spending 100 million on TV. The big question is how much is coming back? Mm-hmm. Is 20 cent? Uh, a euro coming back 40 cent or maybe a euro a euro 20 and we have built a big asset uh, 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 around having the talent the knowledge the tools that help us optimizing tv marketing and analyzing so whenever we do a spot we are analyzing how much visitors did this spot bring to us and then we know how does a channel work how does a program work what time of the day works well uh, what day of the week works well for us and that's where we are optimizing continuously. We don't do uh, like uh, long-term commitments. We are buying mm. uh, 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 um, usually rather on the short term. So we know something works. And uh, if a program or channel works, we invest more into, into these channels. So 
everyone in our office is, mm-hmm. knows the Trivago guy. And, and you like him? I, he's a fan favorite <laughs> in the office. Um, so what is what is the role? How did you happen upon like yeah. Trivago, Trivago guy? Um, and I guess there's like a Trivago woman also. And the, yes. it's not the same guy yes. around the world. So how do you kind of decide who's going to be your guy or woman and um, and then how to use them yeah. in, in various markets. So how did this all start? Very briefly, we, from 2009 until I think somewhere in 2013, we had universal spots. So we had a spot and then we just put a different voice over for the different countries. Okay. That helped us to, uh, uh, to scale much faster because uh, shooting a spot is way more difficult than just putting a voice over. Yeah? So putting a, uh, a storyline on top of it. Uh, we changed that first time when we went into the U.S. because uh, we had this idea that we wanted to try and the U.S. was a market that was big enough. So we built a custom spot, but it actually was also with a rather low budget. If you, do, if you remember maybe the first spots about the Trivago guy, uh, um, it was uh, low budget uh, on, uh, on, on all ends, basically. <laughs> um, uh, but it still turned out to work uh, uh, very well. Um, we had very good response. I think the format we changed, our spots became less emotional, but more um, uh, explanatory, educational. And now uh, um, uh, users understand better what we do. So we explain with a click, we compare the whole internet for you. With a click, uh, you find the different rates for one hotel. Many users still don't understand that, travelers. There is a different price for the same different prices for the same hotel. Mm-hmm. We can explain how to use filters, how to use our map, and that's a great uh, toolkit to do that. And because of the big success in the U.S., um, uh, I mean, we continued iterating. It's uh, you know the different spots, so there is a great framework to do different crazy things uh, uh, with with Mr. Trivago that explains our value proposition. And we have taken this toolkit. We are using exactly the same uh, the same frameworks and bringing it to other markets. But what you certainly need uh, to change is the actor. Mm-hmm. You need natural language. Um, and, uh, uh, and what we do there, you asked, how do we pick them? We do uh, pre-testing. So we take actors and then oh. we do uh, a research um, and uh, some markets. So very analytical also, yeah? Extremely analytical as well. Yeah, if you, if, uh, so on the, on the actors, it's really... Uh, who works better in some countries, um, uh, um, a woman works better in, in some countries, um, a guy. And uh, um, that comes out of these uh, researches. And then also, um, my favorite actually is, is in Japan. And we have a um, European uh, blonde, blue-eyed women that speaks perfectly Japanese huh. uh, doing our Japanese spots. Yeah? And so what you know from the Trivago guy, he's kind of edgy. Mm-hmm. The same we're trying to do in other countries as well. So blonde women, uh, European-looking, perfect Japanese. That's something that's very catchy in the in Japan, yeah. Or in Germany, we took a French accent uh, um, uh, um, actor, and that keeps uh, uh, keeps you remembering, uh, and uh, and and so on. But just the actor is different. If you look at the framework, and if we uh, uh, if we look at how the toolkit works, is also very analytical. We have produced more than 500 spots uh, in, the fr- uh, in terms of framework. What's the background? How does he interact with, uh, with our website in the spot? Um, uh, we have created more than 500 spots and we are trying them in TV and see where is the response. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the end, we 
try a lot of different spots and whatever works we keep and what doesn't work we uh, we do new and anybody in the company can have crazy ideas go to our brand team we build everything in-house we buy media in-house we produce our spots okay. in-house so we control the whole value chain of tv and uh, uh, and that comes with a lot of creative thinking uh, what we could do next with uh, mr trivago huh? do you think all your competitors are jealous uh, it's do they I don't know. There's many competitors that have done other uh, uh, other things right. And I mean, if you ask about competitor, I think there's very few that are comparable. There's no big hotel meta search that is at a size as, as we are. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's very hard to, to look at that. And um, uh, we're not too focused about that. But I think everybody who's made it to a certain stage has created certain assets and uh, 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 and uh, uh, success factors. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Why... Um, why stick with hotel only? Does it enable you to do hotel better? Uh, are you just not interested in airlines yeah. also? Um, so we have one of our core values is unwavering focus. Yeah, And, and we think whatever you add uh, um, in your product, adds a lot of complexity. It starts already, does your website need to look different in one country or the other? We have figured out, let's keep it simple. Let's keep it the same, apart from Arabic, where you need to switch the site. Mm -hmm. uh, but we really keep it simple and focused and uh, solving these problems very well. And in hotel, uh, uh, we think there's a lot of problems to solve. Um, so if you look at the, uh, booking, uh, uh, the booking value chain from access to a traveler to searching for a hotel, comparing prices, booking a hotel, and, uh, and then consuming the hotel, in this chain, there's a lot of things to fix. So we are focusing on the search. We have access to a lot of travelers. Uh, uh, and uh, we now focus on the search part where we want to provide you with the ideal hotel. We want to uh, foster personalization. We have built a team in Amsterdam that tries to understand very well what a hotel has to offer. So uh, is this hotel good in spa? Is this hotel good in breakfast? Do they have a great Wi-Fi? Mm. Are they good for families? Is, are they, uh, is the hotel good for, for dogs? Yeah? So an understanding qualitative, how good is a hotel in certain uh, areas? That is something that we, uh, that we put a lot of brain power investment inside because we think there's a lot of value to be created uh, on there. Um, yes, transaction as well, but historically there has been a lot of focus investment from other companies that solve this very well. We have a very strong focus on the upper funnel fixing personalization to suggest to you the ideal hotel because it also will get to the stage where uh, um, uh, um, you have uh, messaging, where you have voice search, where you don't have any more space for 20 results. You only have space for, I can, when you ask your, uh, um, uh, your uh, bot, your, uh, your voice search, uh, Trivago, find me a hotel in uh, in London, close to Piccadilly Circus, um, and I would love to uh, have great breakfast or whatever. Yeah, uh, and this converting this uh, into a meaningful uh, a result in terms of showing you the right hotel, yeah. you only have very little space mm -hmm. to show, and we need to give you the right hotel in this moment. Otherwise, maybe a second hotel or a third, but that's it then we need to have proposed you the right hotel. And we think whoever uh, cracks this and suggests you the right hotel from the query you're putting, um, there's a lot of value to be created. And um, we think it will keep us busy for quite a while. And we are now 1,300 people to just focus <laughs> on hotel meta search. 
and that is something that um, uh, that we think is still uh, uh, very valuable and a lot of problems to solve there. Yeah? Is that happening now? That that bot, you know, Trivago, tell me this, um, that natural language search. Um, no, it's not yet that we we put this to the outside. I think, um, uh, and and that is actually the rather. It's not the most difficult part. You can build an, uh, a voice search rather quickly. There's a lot of tools out there that let you do that. So really understanding the hotel and doing the personalization. We know what are your preferences. What do you want? What do you like in your hotel? Um, and putting that, uh, matching that with the right hotel. This has to be solved to be solved first. Mm-hmm. So we are analyzing profiling hotels, analyzing profiling users. That's something we are today already exper- uh, experimenting. Um. I, I'm told that meta search is hot. Um, mm-hmm. it, why? Who told you? <laughs> Dennis, <laughs> my colleague. Um, why, 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 why is that still something that people are embracing? Is it just that you always want to know all of your options before you make a choice or, or you want to trust that you're seeing a wide variety of options before you make a choice? I think these are, these are very good reasons. Um, uh, so whatever we see when we, talk to users and they, they understand the power of meta search. You have bigger inventory, more availability. Uh, uh, you have aggregated reviews from a lot of platforms. You have uh, 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 the best price, so you can have actually the biggest choice. You can choose if you book direct or with, uh, with a certain OTA you prefer. Um, so that is something once users understand that they are very, very excited and it's just a big value proposition, uh, a very strong value proposition. And then Obviously, promoting this to the outside, uh, and that is something where um, when you have a lot of travelers coming to your site, it becomes interesting for the B2B side because you have travelers that you could send to them. And that is where we go to advertisers, OTAs, uh, hotel, uh, hotel chains, individual hotels. We empower them to come on Trivago, make use of, uh, of Trivago, show their rate because our goal, apart from getting a lot of content to, to show you the ideal hotel, we want to have all online bookable rates on our platforms, and that's where we need to bring advertisers on board and empower them to compete against the big, very optimized guys. Yeah? So um, we also provide them technology, hotel technology, so they get a competitive booking engine. Uh, we give them education. We have hired more than 200 people that really focuses on building relations, building marketing tools, and providing technology to, to our advertisers. Very good. Johannes, thank you so much. Good. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was Johannes Thomas, Travago's Managing Director. And now here's Kayak CEO, Steve Hafner. Um, So we've got a ton of MetaSearch, not a ton. We've got a bunch of MetaSearch companies here today. Yeah, it's irritating. Um, (laughs) You're all really busy. There's a lot of activity with being acquired or making acquisitions. Um, Somebody went public. A lot of stuff going on. So why... Why do you think there's so much activity in that space? Um, and then kind of more broadly, why is MetaSearch still pretty hot? Yeah, sure, Hannah. Uh, look, MetaSearch is hot because consumers need to cross-shop for their travel planning, right? And suppliers don't do a good job at, at cross-shopping. So if you go to BA, for example, they do a great job selling BA flights. Not so good a place to go look for EasyJet flights, mm-hmm. right? So MetaSearch is designed to solve for that. Uh, and you know we'll we'll do all the cross shopping on behalf of the consumers, and when they're ready to buy, we give them choice on where to go. So it's a it's a category that has a lot of innovation, a lot of straightforward, simple consumer value, 
And uh, it's also one where there's a lot of uh, acquisitions, as you mentioned, because people are chasing global scale. Mm-hmm. You were joking about it being irritating that there were so many other meta search companies here, but um, is there anything that any of them do that really just like puts a bee in your bonnet? Is there anything? Uh, no, are you, all, you know, I look. Like, I'm friendly I'm good. rivals. Yeah, look, the travel business for being about ten percent of global GDP is actually fairly small in terms of human capital. So we all know each other. We all respect what we're doing. And, you know, everyone's got a different cut on the best way to provide the, the cross-shopping experience. And, and we absolutely look at what, you know, some of the other competitors are doing. And we think and try to use that as inspiration for what we can do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot of that going on. But you also have to think about the early days of search, right? And, and you know, Google wasn't the first search engine. When they came out, <laughs> right. they were the 17th to market. And there was a lot of innovation in the early days that, that actually led to a market leader, a, a dominant market leader. And, and hopefully the, the same is true of MetaSearch and, and we're one of those companies. So how do you differentiate your product? Um, how do you stand out among the rest? It's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to talk about, it's hard to do. <laughs> so the, the, the first thing is you, you have to present the consumer a comprehensive list of options, right? You have to actually do the work to go search everything. And you have to make sure that it's comprehensive, it's accurate, and it's, it's available to book. The second thing you have to do is you have to present the goods to consumer. Your store itself has to be well organized, well designed. You know, you don't want to walk into a mall and see everything. It's overwhelming. So we have to do a very good job at, at customizing and personalizing the store. And the, the last thing we have to do is on the branding side, on the marketing customer acquisition side, is get people to that storefront, you know, have them establish a relationship with our brand and, and start loving Kayak. Mm-hmm. Not just using us, but also loving us. And that's, that's the three dimensions that we're working on. Um, I'm not sure if this came up in your session, but um, at least one of your competitors has like a giant ad strategy. Um, I don't, you know, Kayak doesn't have like a Kayak guy. Um, how do you, <laughs> what's your, when you talked about the last part of, of what you have to do is the branding and marketing. Yeah. Um, what's your approach to that? Yeah, look, you know, I think the, the competitor you're referencing was Trivago and the yes, Trivago yeah. guy. Uh, you know, they, their strategy is much more about marketing and advertising than ours is. Ours starts with building a great product first, mm-hmm. and then we market to make people aware of it, and then we like to have profits too for our, <laughs> for our shareholders and our, and our corporate parent. So look, we, we spend a tremendous amount of money on marketing, not Trivago-like levels, but, but very close to it. We don't employ a spokesperson, uh, which I think is the right way to go. It allows us to, to customize our marketing by market. And, you know, God forbid that guy ever does something he shouldn't be doing. You know, we don't, <laughs> you know that would impact the Travago brand. We, we, we don't have that exposure. But, you know, over, overall, I think everyone's in a push for making a great product and then getting people to use it via advertising. And it's still early days. We'll see who the winner is in a few years. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing uh, in terms of how consumers, the way that consumers use your product is evolving and how are you adapting to that? Yeah, it's a great, a great question. I mean, the, the reality is um, most of the, the change is happening in the younger demographic. You know, I, I've got daughters who are just turned 17 who don't even really interact with browsers and websites, right. you know? The, so the whole idea of a point and click experience is it's alien to them. So at Kayak, we've got more of our engineering talent now on mobile and AI and chatbots uh, and natural language processing that we have on the website. So the website's kind of, I don't want to say passe, but it's, it's mature. <laughs> it's the Gen X yeah, boomer. It, yeah, so approach. look, the, the, the on-demand aspect of the, of the young generation who don't even like um, 
a desktop experience is, is where we're trying to solve for. Mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned all of those things like uh, voice and mobile, and I'm sure you said a few other things. Um, how complicated is that to tackle? And like, where are you in that evolution? It, it's funny. It's, it's, sounds complicated but when you put it on a powerpoint it's really straightforward <laughs> but the, the the science behind it actually need big data sets going in which is why everyone's trying to buy other companies and, and, and get bigger because it's the edge case that you're trying to solve for i want to find a cheap flight to paris for less than 300 dollars from nice and add <laughs> add 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 to it and you and you say that with a spoken voice that takes a lot of computing power to actually figure out the right answer for you yeah. and that's why you know more data helps and uh and that's and that's where we're going with that I was going to ask you how millennials are searching, but I think you might have preempted that question. Uh, is there anything else about about how, I mean, your daughters aren't booking travel themselves yet, right? Oh, they are with my credit cards, unfortunately. But you know, <laughs> but uh, what, what's interesting about the whole younger generation, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, jumping in front of your question. That's all right. The younger generation is so much more exper experiential driven mm -hmm. that the demand for travel in that generation is far exceed my generation and certainly older you know as people get richer and uh and more worldly they want to travel more and my kids they don't want to own cars they don't want to own second houses they want to go out and see the world and you know our challenge at kayak is is to provide a service for them to do that the easiest way possible you know i, I would love it if kayak let you go to a foreign country as easy as going to your local grocery store we just heard from steve hafner ceo of kayak up next is Hugo Burge, CEO of Mamundo Group, which, as a reminder, Kayak's parent company, Priceline Group, announced plans to acquire for $550 million. What kind of changes have you seen in the way that customers are using what you offer? Well, firstly, I would highlight the continuity. I think what has been a common thread to what we've been trying to do for consumers is to offer transparency and clarity and simplify the travel search experience. The way in which users have changed, I guess, um, the biggest shift has been, uh, of course, to mobile devices over the last three years. I think that has led to the biggest changes in, in design and the way we build websites and the way perhaps we think. But I think also consumers' expectations have um, evolved in terms of the speed of the site they expect um, to offer. But increasingly, once they trust you, I think, on the information you're offering, expectations quickly shift to personalization and to offering more information that is relevant to them on a marketing basis, on an emotional basis, and on a product functionality basis. So I think consumers basically expect more. Um, back in um, 2000, when I started, um, I think consumers had very low expectations um, of, of, of the online experience. Um, it was very clunky. I think that those low expectations were met. Uh, yeah, yep, they were. They were. So we've had, you know, we've had, we've had to keep reinventing ourselves and rechallenging ourselves to dig deeper. So our primary company goal is to create products users love, and we see that as as a as having a range of meanings for us. Um, we noticed that other travel search businesses often were corrupted by advertising and also just being quite geeky and unemotionally engaging. So I think that what we've done with our brands is try to really create something that is purpose-driven, that gives um, our team permission uh, to make um, a website that is that is cleaner, um, that is that is simpler, um, but also 
gives us the freedom to really celebrate travel and 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 the very strongest emotive aspects of it, which are for us opening our world, um, which which means helping to break down boundaries, help um, asking people to challenge who who they are, um, and uh, really um, asking people to. Um, engage with the world in a way that perhaps helps to see them differently and others differently and hopefully um, brings people together um, by showing people that we have more in common with the world than we think. Um, so it, it, I, think, I think those things have led to some not only great product that stands out um, and is, and is, is, is colourful and, and is, is differentiated from other products, but I think our marketing stands out too. And I, wanted to, I do want to talk about that. Um, mm. I actually have several questions about that. So we mm. can... We can finish there. Um, but I am curious, like, you know, here's my, my iPhone is sitting right here. Um, it, there are clearly companies that have created just practical products that people love because mm -hmm. they're easy to use. How does, how does that translate to a search site? Like, what, what about the actual um, act of searching for travel on your site do you, have you tried to do to make people actually love the product? Well, I think firstly, it's about content and it's about trust. And the beauty of MetaSearch is that it gives a comprehensive or the most comprehensive view possible of the marketplace. So one of the first things we do is put value proposition first. So we make sure that we work with the broadest range of providers and offer the broadest range of content and low-cost airlines to give consumers the best overview we can. So I think product comes first. Um, secondly, um, UX is at the core of what we do. So we really focus on making a beautiful user experience um, and put advertising and forms of monetization second. You know, our product is a product that generates bookings, so should inherently monetize through what we do. So I think a, a lot of, um, of our competitors um, put advertising that is irrelevant or immaterial or not helpful into the flow, which we strongly disagree with. Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise, uh, we I, th I think expressing our brand values goes uh, as deeply or as simply into things like imagery. Um, often, um, it's just too easy to post boring pictures or generic pictures of travel, of beaches, of, of travel images. We th we think as a group incredibly carefully about the images we use and have rules that we think even makes our images very different from what other people are using. Hmm. So I think once you are purpose-driven and once you have a goal of trying to create emotional engagement with your value system with consumers, I think it empowers you to make very different products that stand out. You talked about the beauty of MetaSearch and mm. um, part of the beauty of MetaSearch is that a lot of MetaSearch companies are here at this event today. Yeah. Um, with so many different MetaSearch companies out there mm. and, and successful ones, how, how have you differentiated yourself actually i think we just talked about that <laughs> mm. how you've started to differentiate yourself um well i think there are a number of ways you know metasearch is not um metasearch is incredibly powerful and been a fantastic opportunity but it hasn't been universally successful there are plenty of examples of of metasearch businesses that have failed mm -hmm. i think um, i just read my in my skift inbox today that fly.com has been um indeed breaking news down, yeah. yeah so i think look i think it's a mixture i think it's a mixture of how MetaSearch needs scale, um, so it has to be a scale um, game in order to be profitable. Um, it's getting increasingly competitive because the bar has been raised in terms of the quality of product um, that the MetaSearch offering. Um, I also think that um, a, a lot of what is 
differentiation is which markets you focus on. So I think if you try to focus on markets where there are other big players, I think it's much harder. Mm. I think um, we've found that, um, that in particular, Momondo showed us that there were sort of overlooked markets in the Nordics and Scandinavia that that while small individually could add up to be a very material business mm -hmm. um, and cheap flights has, uh, has found um, markets where it can be very successful too so I think part of part of it is um, how are you going to stand out how are you going to be different particularly when there's technological convergence and can you find a way to focus on um, a product or a market that gives you um, less competition mm -hmm. um and then you can just kind of join forces with your former competition, <laughs> which I think is is the path that you're taking with um, Priceline Group and Kayak, right? Yeah, that's right. Do you see, do you, I mean, I, I don't know how easy it is to foretell this kind of thing, but does it, does that seem to be a trend that you expect to see more of? Or do you have no idea? It just made sense for you and, and Priceline Group. Well, I think they were very limited globally successful meta-search businesses. So I think, I'm not sure whether this is part of a broader trend. I, I think, I'm not sure how many more meta-search businesses there are out there, <laughs> but certainly I think it makes sense for um, meta-search businesses to combine um, into a, a number of, um, into into smaller groups. I think we could have stood on our own two feet, um, but um, we were private equity owned. Um, we, uh, and, and, and Priceline Kayak, approached us um, with other consolidation in the market and I think the combination makes uh, makes a lot of sense I think it allows us to um, build products users love um, in a way that perhaps we couldn't have done on our own yeah. so in that respect we're excited about it. I think it's a great home for the business mm -hmm. you mentioned your marketing and I wanted to talk about that um, so you had the DNA journey video that's what you were referencing right mm -hmm. um, so five minutes about prejudice, DNA results, and kind of looking at yourself and, and your connections to people in a, in a new way. Mm -hmm. um, so was that s simply marketing or were you trying to make bigger statements? The timing of it was very, I don't know if it was just convenient or if you were um, tapping into a lot of sentiment that was kind of out there in the world at the time. And the timing was, I think it came out right before the Brexit vote. Is that right? Yeah, I think the timing was very poignant um, and perhaps it gave us the confidence to dig deeper but um, the, way, the way it started was simply that um, we tried to bottle what it was that made us different and we decided that the purpose of let's open our world um, gave the teams permission to explore ways of not only making our website design simpler and encouraging more people to travel through inspiration and being not just better travel search but more inspiring travel search but actually to go one step further and to say what is it about travel that makes us proud to work in it what is it about travel that at its core gets us really excited and that was that it brought people together i had the opportunity to bring people together and so i really take my hat off to the momondo team for developing this concept around dna which i think has um, been proven to be more brilliant um, as time <laughs> goes on and so i take my hat off to them um, you know it's not something uh, that um, that 
I was involved with personally, um, but it's something we supported by supporting um, purpose-based activities. And the idea very simply was that um, if you are to take your own um, DNA and understand who you are and where you've come from, you might be surprised at the results and it might challenge your um, preconceptions or even prejudices mm -hmm. about um, other people around the world and, 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 and ideally make a connection with the rest of the world that perhaps you weren't aware of, which is very much what happens, we believe, when you are traveling. Um, you come to, to, to meet people and have conversations with people from other walks of life or other parts of the world and actually realize perhaps that, um, that you have more in common with them with you think. Um, with them than you think um, and you know it's quite funny we had a lot of discussions around the, the, the format of the video we were so blown away by the, the test we did with 60 people taking DNA tests and filming them that initially what was going to be a very short sort of video um, the team felt passionately that we should include it all and make it a five minute video and there were people saying well but if this is going to be shared nobody's got to watch a five minute video <laughs> but what was incredible and what blew us away was that um, you know over 200 million people watched a five minute video um so it really did resonate and it's i think a like hundred million minutes <laughs> it's extraordinary yeah and i think it was shared an enormous amount but i think it really did resonate i think it's a powerful message but it's even more powerful message in the face of um disturbing populism um, and antagonism and um, heated political debate <laughs> around division mm -hmm. um and and i think that message about unity and, and bringing people together really resonated. And, and so it, we, I think we were very proud of the fact we were able to um, create that at a time of uncertainty and discord. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of times um, corporations are really hesitant to say anything that could be viewed as, um, as political or really to like dip a toe in the water when there's so much rancorous discussion. Mm. Um, did you have second or third thoughts about, um, I mean, it's not a controversial position to no. support, you know, <laughs> uh, being empathetic and understanding, but, but did you think, did you have to think hard about wanting to even like go there? No, I think we're just trying to think about how do we do more of it and how <laughs> do we make a difference? And look, I think, I think we all felt really good, not about, not, not only about, um, how it was received, but we felt like we were making a difference. We were able to contribute to the debate. It gave us a voice. It gave us a standout. It gives us a re gives us a reason to connect um, with, with 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 consumers in a way that I think other brands weren't. Um, and it was exciting. It felt really good on so many levels, building more than just a company, but making a difference. So I think really it just encourages us to explore more of how we do this kind of thing. And I think companies have a responsibility to engage. You know, companies drive um, a huge amount of the agenda in terms of um, what's discussed and points of view and opinions and people's daily lives. And I think it's really exciting to think that we can make a difference. And I think purpose-driven companies um, are, are the way forward. And I think companies should take a, take a stance and try to build a better world. And if that sounds a bit naive and a bit... Um, <laughs> whatever, you know, I, th I, think, I, think, I think we should be doing more of that. I think it's important. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Hugo. Appreciate Great. it. And that was Momondo Group CEO Hugo Burge. And finally, here's Gareth Williams, CEO and co-founder of Skyscanner. Um, just kind of describe exactly what Skyscanner is and does. Skyscanner is a travel search engine for finding every flight in the world um, and uh, hotels and car hire. 
uh, increasing number of uh, travel products. And you are in the MetaSearch category, right? Yes, that's right. Um, although that's blurring as we as we participate in direct booking or facilitated booking that uh, allows airlines to uh, integrate within our uh, two-sided marketplace. Okay. Uh, we have, other than you, we have multiple MetaSearch companies here at the event. Um, why do you think that part of travel search is so popular still? And what does it say about consumer desires? Um, is everybody just always still out for the best price? Well, that's kind of, uh, that's a, a constant. People will always look for great value. But I think it's also people want to know that they've been presented with all the options. If you end up taking uh, an indirect flight, it might add six hours to your journey. Um, and if there was a direct flight and you're just going for a weekend or a week, it, it's impacted your travel a lot. So, so I think people really care about getting the right answer. And that's also why search is so important. Um, your company was, I don't know if it's closed yet, but the announcement came out not that long ago that you're being acquired by Sea Trip, right? Yes, yeah. Um, how does that feel <laughs> to have the company that you co-founded um, part of this giant deal at over a billion dollars, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit odd. Um, <laughs> I do remember the initial office, which was just a desk in, in a bedroom. So um, so it's quite gratifying, but, but equally it's quite distracting. Um, mm. The day-to-day is really about building and and transactions then they're, they're not really about building so mm -hmm. um in some ways they're quite a lot less interesting yeah so what's your what's kind of your role and your path moving forward and um and also for skyscanner mm -hmm. like as as that it hasn't closed yet right uh, no it has closed. it has closed and, okay uh, our role is to um, grow and be as impactful for the traveler as possible within the context of the sea trip group of companies and um, and we're delighted to do that um, there's still a huge distance to go um, travel is is not a solved problem um, and uh, uh, and it'd be a lot of fun doing that I think you know there's still times 10 times 100 ahead of us and and that's that's quite exciting. Mm -hmm. Switching gears a little bit, one of the big topics that we hear whenever we have events like this is um, the desire for, or the or the potential for, I guess, natural language search, mm -hmm. um, and that's something that you've been working on and with. I think. What have you learned about language search, voice search, um, that surprised you, or that's been really useful? Well, the first thing is that the technology's there um, now to definitely do it. You know, there's no question that you could do a pretty good job, a very good job of interpreting travel queries. Um, the difficulty is, do you have the data in the format that's needed to answer the question? You know, if I say a holiday somewhere hot, you can't drill down by country. Um, 
you know, north of France is cold and south of France is hot. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be able to drill, partition the data in a way that makes sense to the query. And I think that will be the main source of the challenge. Um, but it's also an authentically mobile experience to be able to summarize what your intent is mm -hmm. um, and therefore have to tap less at, at a small screen. As there's a whole generation of like four-year-olds who know how to talk to Alexa mm -hmm. and Siri um, and their parents and grandparents are getting comfortable with that too. Um, do you see that being like the predominant way that people are going to search for travel, you know, in the near future? Yeah, I mean, I, I read something in the paper that was um, temporary tattoos with electronics built in so that you could, um, you could make gestures on your forearm um, to control a computing inf uh, interface. And that's, what? Yeah, so it's, um, I, I absolutely think, you know, there's the phrase ambient computing and um, we're definitely headed there. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, that's as uh, I get older, it uh, brings in a note of scariness, I guess, but uh, it has always been thus. Mm -hmm. um, what's been key for you in terms of expanding in China? And what do you think is really misunderstood when companies try to go in there and, and don't quite get it right? Mm. Well, I mean, we certainly haven't got it right so far because... Um, um, but we have, you know, we're sustainable now. We have about a million people use it, use us in, in China, uh, mainland, uh, and more in Hong Kong, Taiwan. Um, and I think the, the main thing is, I think there is a very outdated view that, that China internet is, is sort of clones of Western models. Um, in actual fact, the equivalent companies are often ahead of the Western companies. And I think that's especially true in authentically mobile experiences. Um, if that phrase evokes something in a listener, then the way to experience it is to go to China and see people just pointing their phone at the corner of a table in a restaurant and then splitting the bill automatically with the people that are near, nearby them. All of that done via apps and, and the phone experience. Um, it's it's completely ahead and where we will end up being. So this is beyond like the Venmo, you know, I'm going to send you the amount of money that I want you to pay me back. And yeah, it's, it, it's, it's ambient. You know, people are barely registering now that they're, they've automatically split the menu according to their default preferences of by what I ordered or, you know, it's... Wow. It's, and, you know, the, the fascinating thing is... Um, there's a car scheme, uh, sorry, there's a bicycle scheme in London, of course, 50,000 bikes or so. And there's a couple hundred bikes in Edinburgh. In China, one company has deployed a million of these internet-enabled uh, bikes that you, you can just leave them anywhere because they're being tracked where they are. Um, and you can just go pick one up and start cycling. Are these like bike shares? Yeah. And, you know, their, their goal is four-year operation of the bike without any maintenance. Um, and they designed it for that. Wow. So um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I was going to ask you what you see as the future for your part of the travel industry. Um, mm -hmm. I think we've been talking about what you think the future is. But, but specifically in, in what you do, um, 
what, what do you think will be like the norm in five years? Well, that is a tough one. What I would, I suppose I'd like to help um, Skyscanner achieve is, can we be serve your travel needs, um, not only on a point by point item, but in a holistic sense, in the sense of, um, if I say into my phone, Budapest office for two days next week, every element of the travel that I need can really be inferred, particularly if I'm connected to all my colleagues. So I'll stay in the same hotel as my colleagues do in Budapest. Um, you know, it'll know from my prior travel whether, I'm, whether it's acceptable for me to travel Sunday night or not. All sorts of things like that can mm -hmm. be uh, inferred. And that's where I'd like us to be. So much more, much more intelligent and intuitive. Yes, yes. Um, kind of a, a current events question. You're based in Scotland. Um, and I, I know that there's discussions going on about another independence vote given Brexit. Does that affect you at all? And has, has Brexit, the Brexit vote itself, affected your business in any way? I think the, the downside of Brexit is that it causes uncertainty for people abroad that are originally from abroad and are working for us in, in Britain. Mm -hmm. And um, that uncertainty is really unfortunate and really valued members of the team. And I think it also affects uh, future recruitment. So, um, so the amount that could be minimized um, or uh, eliminated, the better. Uh, in terms of the Scottish vote, uh, that's just further uncertainty, I guess. Mm. Um, so uh, it's, yeah, it, it's, I suppose it's a distraction, but, you know, it's a distraction that... Um, that people have a right to to occupy themselves with. It's not for a business to mm -hmm. uh, to say that. Yeah. Do you feel like um, is your stance more to just kind of step back and let the politicians deal with that, or do oh, you yeah. feel yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't feel like you need to jump into the conversation? No, no. Um, uh, yeah, I think there's plenty of people who do want to be heard on these things. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, Gareth, thank you so much. Thank you, Han. If you like what you've heard from Skift Forum Europe 2017 in London, there's more in store. Skift Global Forum is coming up on September 26th and 27th in New York City. Find out about this and other events at forum.skift.com. This show was produced by Ben Glowey, who can be found on Twitter at visible underscore sound. Assistant editor Sarah Enlow provided additional support. To subscribe to this podcast, search for Skift on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave a rating and a comment to help other listeners find us. Past episodes and a link to subscribe are online at podcast.skift.com. And this has been the Skift Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>